Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And Tom Dorian, we have created a great show today. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah, well, that's a good word. Because Softball. We're going we to talk about what, Tom? I'm thinking creation. <laughs> You're a smart man. Wow. Those donuts have gone straight to your head. They've made you smarter. Is the powdered sugar, is it, is it too much? Yeah, it's I, all over your all face, over, but that's okay. okay. okay that's, that's all right. Fine. Well, I'm that's good why you have a face for radio. There you go. That's exactly right. Well, I'll tell you what. We are going to talk about the beauty of God's creation. We're going to really talk about Catholic the Catholic teaching about creation, okay. because we want to make sure that people understand, even especially the Catholics, what is it the church teaches about creation, about the world, about what God created. Okay. And perhaps we should start, I know we've done a show about who God is, and we talked about these attributes of God. We did. But perhaps one of the best ways to know God, mm-hmm. right, is by what he did. I would agree. And we look at the very, 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 very first words of Scripture. We go all the way back to Genesis Chapter 1, verse 1. Okay. And what does it say? It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So even in in Scripture, the first thing that that either the church or that God really wanted us to know about God was that he is the creator. Right. Right. And so naturally for him to be a creator, he has got to have created something. Right. And so he has created the world that we live in. Correct. Right. And so I guess we need to figure out is... What is it that's so important about creation? Why do we talk about creation? I know we hear about it in the word in the world when we hear about things like uh, evolution and um, people who talk about creationism or evolutionism. What what do you believe in, et cetera? And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I kind of wanted to start right at the beginning with what does the church teach about creation? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, because there's a lot of stuff that is important for us to understand. And as I said about the attributes of God before in our other show, which you should look that up, the attributes of God, if you want to know who God is. Exactly. It's a good show to listen to about that. If you do say so yourself. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the church's <laughs> teaching, not about my presentation oh, of the okay. teaching. I'm sure. But if you look at creation, you want to know about whether why the Catholic Church teaches what it does about the things that she teaches, right? Right. Well, sometimes you can look at really is creation good or bad or indifferent and you can see some of the church's teachings borne out right, right in our understanding of creation for instance we look at creation and we go well is it good right we live in a fallen world we know that we we hear that all the time right and which means we have all these things like earthquakes and we have volcanoes that erupt and and you know destroyed little innocent towns at the bottom of the mountain and we have hurricanes and we have cancer and we have disease of all types and we have all kinds of terrible things going in the world and it would lead a lot of people to believe that creation was bad right but specifically at the end of these days when god would create right in the book of genesis what does he say he says and he saw that it was good right Right, so God created everything good, and so that's the first thing we would want to understand about the Catholic teaching on creation, and that is that God created it, right, and that it was good. There are other views out there, though, that are polar opposite of that, correct? That that the earth is bad, or yeah, you mean that it's bad? That that we are bad, or something's bad out there? It's right, not- there are some. There are definitely some views um, that have 
pre-existed even Christianity, this idea that the the flesh or the physical world was bad mm-hmm. and the spirit world was good. Right. Right. And this is actually an early church heresy that we deal with, mm-hmm. that the church dealt with early in her in her birth, mm-hmm. right, was talking about um, how to reconcile the created world mm-hmm. with the spirit world and, you know, what was good, what was bad, et cetera. And because we do hear, like in Scripture, where it talks about, uh, you know, the spirit being being willing but the flesh being weak, mm-hmm. right? So we think, well, does that mean that the things that are created, the, the physical things of nature, are they bad inherently? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Scripture clearly tells us that they're not. Correct. That they're good and mm-hmm. they're they're. Uh, it's important that they're understood and viewed as good. And see, it's easy to fall in that trap of like, well, the world's an evil place. It's a bad place um, inherently in nature, that it's a fallen world. So everything oh, yeah. in, in, in the in the world is bad. When in fact, the world was called and designed to be beautiful. Right. And we, we know that because remember, when we talk about God, we know that God is all holy and all good, that, that nothing comes out of God that's bad. Bad is... Bad is not in God, mm-hmm. right? There's no evil in God. Mm-hmm. So that everything that God does is good and holy. Right. And if he is the creator and he created everything, then everything is holy in, and good. In essence, it's holy and good. Right. At least it was designed for that purpose. Mm-hmm. But then what happened? Well, man comes along and makes choices that uh, kind of lead us the other way. Yeah. So we have this whole idea of free will where God loves us so much he gave us free will because right. he wanted us to love him freely back. He wants us to choose him. That's right. So... To choose God, we'd necessarily have to have something that was not God. Right. So God permits evil. And that's another important teaching about um, you know, good and evil and the created world and the spirit world that we have to understand is that God does not create evil. God cannot create evil by definition and how we understand in the attributes of God. If God is all holy and all good, something that is all holy and all good could not be evil in any way. Right. But... He permits there to be evil. In reality, it's really just to be an opposite, to allow us, right, to have an opportunity to choose something other than God. Because right. what kind of love is it if you're sort of forced? I ask this question, you know, how many people out there in the audience, you know, are in love with, oh, great. Well, how many of you did it start with some kind of a shotgun, right? <laughs> or, or, or something was forced upon you, like you, were, right. you had no choice but to love that person. Right. Well, no one raises their hand. It's like, well, would you like that? No, of course not. Yeah. Why? And I ask the question, and they will say, well, because it's not true love. Right. And in essence, that's what we talk about. That's what we say, that, that evil exists for one reason. Evil exists is so that there is something to choose other than God. Because yeah. if we freely choose God of our own free will, we choose God, that's true love. Right. But if we're coerced and forced to love God because there's no other choice. Right. You know, what, what kind of choice is that? Right. Right. Where there's no freedom there. And so there's no true love. So yeah. evil exists for that reason. So I will always want to help people understand that the Catholic Church never teaches that um, bad things in creation happen because God is punishing people. Right. That, that God would cause this volcano to erupt and to eliminate this little village. Right. Right. Because there was a sinner in that village or, or because he was unhappy with the people. Right. And so we have to understand that God doesn't create evil, that God permits evil to exist, and that evil existed starting from that very beginning right. of our first two parents. Right, in the garden. 
Yeah, you know, and we and, and we we owe a lot to those folks. We do, <laughs> and really, uh, I say that kind of jokingly because of all of the all the pain and suffering that's in the world really came from them. <laughs> and you know how kids always want to blame their parents. <laughs> well, this is the ultimate opportunity, isn't it, <laughs> to blame your to, to blame our our first parents, and that's Adam and Eve. But really, uh, all joking aside, that original sin, that that freedom of choice that they had, right, and that sin of pride that they perpetuated, that they did. Right, they acted upon. They chose to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right. and and they were told not to. God said, "Don't do that," and still they did it. Maybe because they wanted to disobey God, or because they believed uh, the serpent that led them down that path, um, you know, or maybe because they wanted to be gods themselves. They believed what He said, and he, that the serpent said, and said, "Hey, you'll 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 be like a god yourself." Yeah. Right. For whatever reason, they disobeyed God, and God was unhappy with that. And at that point, sin entered the world. Right, and so this was a very sad time, but at the same time, the beauty of that God makes something good come out of everything that's bad. Right. God can really take bad things and He can make good come out of them. In fact, we have a Savior. The reason why we even have we even have the, the opportunity to go to heaven is because God knew this would happen and planned in all time. It always planned to send His Son. Mm-hmm. Right, that God would come Himself. And die for us. And so this is only made possible because God would know that we needed to have a redeemer. We needed to have something mm-hmm. to be redeemed. Right. Right. So this is all about creation. But I want to go back to that original point that, that creation is good. Good. Right. It's good and holy. And this is another important thing to understand because it very, very, very differs from what some other churches might teach. Right. About the nature of, say, man's soul. Yes. Right. See, we you could say polar opposite. Well, exactly right. If you remember some of the the, the famous words, the famous phrase of Martin Luther, mm-hmm. uh, when he talks about, uh, you know, that that man is basically essentially dung covered with snow, and you think, well, there's a there's a beautiful notion there that God would love us so much that he would that he would cover us over, that he would care for us so much that he would, you know, make us appear to be perfect. Right. But the sadness is... The dung part. Yeah. I mean, you look at that and you go, well, wait a second. That's really? depressing. I, you know, I don't know that, that I like to be compared to a pile of dung. And I understand that what nah. Martin Luther was getting at, the fact that we were corrupt. Yes. Right? That, that, we were, that we were acting in an unholy way. But see, his was like a kind of corruption that could never be fixed. Right. Right? That it would never be perfected. And that's very different than the, the Catholic church. view... Of what happened in Genesis. Which says we're good. That we were designed to be good. That exactly. it was written into our DNA to be good. Exactly. Right? And so that's where we see things like in the, in the Catholic Church, we th- see things like reconciliation. We see the grace that comes to us that reconciles us to God mm-hmm. right through that sacrament. We see the opportunities for the, for, the, uh, for the other sacraments, for us to receive grace through the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Right? To be closer to God and be given this grace to help to, per- to perfect us. Mm-hmm. We don't become perfect because we're not God's. We are not gods. Right. But we also know that we can come to be more like God. We can share in the divine nature, we call it, through mm-hmm. these sacraments. Whereas if you were dung, there's no way that you're going to share in any divine nature because you have no chance for that, right? You right. can't reconcile dung. You right. can only cover it. Yeah. Right? You can make it look pretty. Yeah. But if you get down beneath the prettiness, it's still... That is a depressing thought. Yeah, it's a depressing it. thought. 
But see, we would see ourselves, instead of dung covered with snow, we'd see ourselves maybe as a beautiful, succulent, sweet-tasting fruit mm-hmm. that has rotten, that has gone bad. Right. Right? But through God, through his grace, through only the grace that he can provide for us, revitalizes us, yep. renovates us, renews us, and brings us back to that original freshness that we had from the first day of our birth. Mm-hmm. Right? And, that, and that's beautiful. That's a much more beautiful notion. Oh, absolutely. So I'd rather be that, I think, than, uh, I don't know, the opposite. I, I'm with you. So that's a little bit of what we're talking about. We're going to talk more, and we want to get into this uh, uh, topic about creationism and evolution. Okay. So we're going to do that when we come back. Before we do that, I want to remind people of a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. So we want you to come back. Also want you to email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so the show will continue to evolve when we get back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Tradition tells us that the parents of Mary, the mother of God, were named Joachim and Anne. Not much is known of the details of their lives, but they have become the focus of great admiration and veneration. This is most assuredly due to the fact that their daughter Mary was the humble virgin chosen by God to bring Jesus into the world, and an example for all Christians. One story tells us that after they were married, Saints Joachim and Anne greatly desired to have a family. They tried, however, for many years to conceive. It was thought that St. Anne was barren. Things looked hopeless. They did not lose their faith, however. They prayed continually to God for the blessing of a child. One night, an angel appeared and said that God had indeed heard them, and they would receive the child for which they so fervently prayed. On that very night, in thankfulness, St. Anne promised to dedicate her child to God. Not long after that, Mary was born. Many have wondered how the church can honor as saints those whom we know little about. In the case of Saints Joachim and Anne, we need only look at their important role as the parents of Mary, the young girl who would freely offer herself in service to God and all mankind. Regardless of the details of their lives, we know that as parents in a good Jewish family, they would be responsible for Mary's upbringing. They were Mary's teachers, they fed her, nurtured her, encouraged her, and supported her even in the moment of accepting God's call to be the mother of God. It was their dedication to living a holy life that God used to serve as an example for Mary. In fact, what she learned from her parents, she most naturally would use in bringing up the child Jesus. And it was her parents' faith that laid the foundation for Mary's consolation and acceptance of God's will at the foot of her son's cross. Saints Joachim and Anne serve as an example for all married couples in bringing up their children to willingly accept the vocations to which they are called in service to God. As early as the 4th century, a church was built by St. Helena, mother of Constantine, on the site where the sainted couple lived in Jerusalem. Saints Joachim and Anne are often depicted in artwork holding Mary and teaching her to read from the sacred scriptures. Their feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on July 26th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. And I'm sitting here with my buddy Tom Doran, and we are talking about creation. We are. The beauty of creation, the holy goodness of creation. And you missed one point. What was the point you were going to make? Well, I, I haven't missed it. We haven't gotten there yet. We uh, just had to have this break here. My wife I had to talk. Pardon. And if, and if she didn't pardon. talk, then she'd yell at me, and I don't want that to be the case. Yes. And I'm just teasing, I've honey. When that, you listen to the show later, <laughs> I know that you don't yell at me. She only says nice things to me, and so that's a good thing. She's a beautiful, <laughs> loving wife. She was all holy and all good. That's that's true. She is the the pinnacle of God's creation. But let me say what well, I was going to say. Was. Exactly right. Well, to each of us. There you go. All right. So the other thing I want to bring up, and what's important to understand, is the Catholic Church teaches that we, as as the pinnacle of God's creation, the crown of God's creation, that man, and I don't mean just men. I mean, m- mankind. Right. I mean, right, the human being. Yeah, I get that. That we have this. Well, I say that because I want to make sure that I we know. don't I'm alienate anyone. You. I don't feel like, we're, you know, uh, some people are not included in this. This is a big club, and it's all humanity. And that we are the, the pinnacle or the crown of God's creation. And that we're unique and that we're given a soul. Right. Right. No other part of creation has a soul. Right. Right. And so, therefore, we have a special sort of preeminence in the world. And that's important for us to understand. There's, there's, there's a level of dignity there. In fact, what we need to understand is that all of us, and what the church teaches is that all of us are created in the image and likeness of God. Right. And that's an important phrase to understand. So people think, well, in the image and likeness, does that mean that God has arms and legs and a nose? And, <laughs> and I know that's not what that means because God is spirit. Mm-hmm. We know that God, um, God the Father doesn't have a, a physical body. Mm-hmm. Right, but we understand that uh, that that we as human beings, our soul is in God's image and likeness, mm-hmm. and so now we're talking about something that we can't see. Our soul, mm-hmm. no matter how you know deep the surgeon goes, they're not going to find your soul. No. Right. This is the our innermost being. It's it's where God speaks to us, mm-hmm. and it's very important. And, and each soul was created lovingly. By God, mm-hmm. and each one it has its own identity, mm-hmm. right? And so, everyone was created in God's image and likeness. And so, what that means is, no matter what happens, and no matter what the situation, everyone is created in God's image and likeness, and therefore, everyone deserves a certain level of dignity, mm-hmm. right? All the way from the unborn to the elderly, from the homeless to those who are live on the highest mountain in the biggest palace, yep. right? From the leaders of countries to the people that, uh, you know, forage in the, in the fields and, and labor. Right. Th- these all, every one of them, and even the people that probably down the street that you probably hate, you know those neighbors, Tom, you always oh, talk to me anybody. about? I know you don't. I'm just teasing. <laughs> but really, we, we look in the world and people say, what about Hitler? You know? And yeah. the reality is what the church would teach is that God created Adolf Hitler in his image and likeness. Now, we're not going to talk about whether Adolf Hitler's yeah. in heaven. I don't know. Tough, tough to get your head around that one. Well, but the point is that every human soul is was created, created in, God's in, the image, likeness in, right, in the image and likeness of God. Right. God is all good and all holy. So every soul starts out all good and all holy. Right. Right. And every soul can return to goodness and holiness. Right. Right. This is another important teaching that the church has that no matter what you do, Right. No matter what you do, God will love you, and you can be reconciled to God. Now, it requires your penitence. It requires your, um, your asking for forgiveness. But the reality is that no soul is beyond repair mm-hmm. 
for God because God created us. Mm-hmm. Right? He's like the ultimate mechanic who can fix anything. <laughs> right? Uh, the the worst uh, uh, thing that can happen to us, God can fix that. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, that tunes in tunes us into this idea that. We are created in the image and license of God, and God is all good and all holy. So, therefore, we, in our essence, in our very being, are good and holy. We choose to do otherwise through free will. We right. choose. We live in a fallen world, and we choose to sin, and we have that draw to sin thanks to our first two parents. Right. By the way, here's a quick question for you. Why, why do Hot we seat. have two original parents? Why do you have two original parents? Yeah, why do we have to? Why do we all? Why do we have to? Why do we believe that as a church? Um, I don't know the answer. Well, we're going to find out in just a second. Okay. Right? We're going to talk about creation and evolutionism. Okay. Right? And so this is an important topic. So I mentioned Adam and Eve because when you start talking to a person who believes strictly in evolution, they'll start saying, well, we kind of came from this primordial uh, slime ooze or whatever. Or uh, there was some great big bang and this uh, triggered that. This made that happen. This made that happen. And we evolved slowly over millions of years Mm -hmm. into what we are today. Mm -hmm. Right? And then you'll have uh, people on the opposite side of the fence saying, no, 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 no. I I didn't come from apes or or from some kind of uh, ooze. Mm -hmm. Right? I was created like I am. And I've seen the pictures in Sunday school. I've seen the little pictures. There's Adam sitting there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see this little scalpel go in and cutting out a rib and making uh, Eve Mm -hmm. out of this. And so I know that we had those physical bodies. That's what God gave us. Mm -hmm. So the question becomes, what does the church teach about that? Right, Pretty, pretty open-ended, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I don't know how about if I'd say open-ended, if that's the phrase I'd use. But what I would say mm-hmm. is that you are free to believe that we evolved right. over a slow and long and arduous period of time. Right. Or you were free to believe that the world was created in seven days, just like the Bible says. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter because God created us in his likeness and image, That's correct? exactly right. All the, really, when it gets down to it, here's all we're obligated to believe mm-hmm. in terms of that. We are obligated to believe that, A, that God created everything out of nothing, and he did it with no one's help, mm-hmm. right? No other being or entity helped God. God is the true and sole author of all of creation, mm-hmm. right? He did it all by himself under his own power, and he exactly. did it out of his love. Exactly. So we believe that. And the second thing we have to believe is that we all came from the first two parents. Right. And people have asked me, like, well, why is that important that we believe that we came from the first parents? That why can't, you know, why can't we believe that, well, there were many people created. Right. And people might be thinking there's one line of apes over here and another line over here is where right. you're going. Or if you read scripture, if you remember the, in the, in the uh, Old Testament, we hear about this land of Nod. We hear about these people that are... You know, that Cain and Abel actually went to be with to find wives, and they were from this other group of people. It's like, well, where'd they come from all of a sudden? Yeah. You know, people think, well, that really was like uh, an alien invasion. There's some group, like, you know, right. they do that kind of stuff. But there's also people that will think, well, that's just another group, another lineage of people. Right. So that we have an Adam and Eve that started this kind of group of people. Then we have these other folks over here that started that group of people. And, to get, and then we had this big, great earth that we have today. Right. And the reason why we can't believe that we came from other parents other than Adam and Eve specifically lands on this one important fact that we all have the stain of original sin. Right. We all contain that stain of original sin. If we had parents that w- our lineage went back to someone other than Adam and Eve, that'd be like a perfect line, right? They wouldn't have had that sin. Good point. They wouldn't have had that original sin. There had to be an original sin. And if we don't have the original sin, then what do we not need? A redeemer. Yeah. 
we don't need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's all part of God's plan. Was, is, is his master plan was to have Jesus do what Jesus did, and it wouldn't be necessary for Jesus to die on a cross if we didn't have original sin, if we didn't have concupiscence, if we didn't have a draw to sin. Right. So it's all it's it, whether you believe in evolution or you believe in creation, all that matters is that you believe that God created everything. That God, as you say, it doesn't matter what, whether you believe in those, either one of those things. Right. And people can argue all day long, but the truth is they're missing the point. Right. You can watch National Geographic or you know, whatever television show you're watching and, and think you're going to find out the secrets of the universe by watching what filmmaker you know, says about you know, uh, how the world was created. But the reality is it doesn't – those things don't matter. What mm-hmm. matters is that God created Yep. us in his image and, that, and, and that's not us saying that that's the church correct this is the church's teaching right. Uh, right. this will be all through the catechism yep. and so it's important for us to understand that and a lot because a lot of people can get drawn down that path yeah where they start to think well if evolution is true doesn't that disprove the church no no of course not and the church would say no of course not we we respect science mm-hmm. the catholic church regardless of what rumors there's that we have a good show in the church in science mm-hmm. uh, in our library so we should look that up but the church in no way thinks that science is a, a terrible thing in fact science is a good and holy thing mm-hmm. when its purpose is to discover truth right to discover and reveal the truth because who is the author of all truth it's god right. so if we look for truth we're going to in science we're going to find god mm-hmm. now when we make the science the god that's when there's a problem yep right so we don't want to do that yep but if you want to believe in evolution feel free okay absolutely feel so you i i, I never asked you if you believed in evolution or if you believed in in creationism or the idea that's well, my, days. Un- my uncle is a monkey, so you know where I probably. <laughs> well, I, all right, we're not going to go there. We're not going to make okay. any comments I'm about just your saying. uncle. I totally understand. <laughs> that, make, that makes perfect sense. And you know which uncle I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about him. Uh, but anyway, and I'll, I'll I'll feign ignorance there. All right. But really, good stuff. The good Pete. thing to know about here is that God created us in His image and likeness, and you know what? God sustains us. Mm-hmm. It's only by His authority and His power that we are still here. Mm-hmm. Right, And so we want to make the best of that. Absolutely. We want to live our lives in a way that glorifies God, and we want to live our lives in a way that helps us to seek and to find God. Because that, again, is also written in our DNA from our, our very creation to know him, to find him, to seek him out. Mm-hmm. That's why we have those big questions that we always ask. Good stuff. All right, awesome. So with that, I think we're going to close in prayer. How about that? Awesome. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, you are the creator, the author of all life. Help us to see you in the beauty and goodness of the world you created. Bless us as we make our way to you. Keep us always in your loving care. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. listening to the Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association 
and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.